0: Welcome to Potline Blank. I'm your host, JJ Coombs. My next guest is a board-certified pediatrician with more than 25 years of clinician experience. He has gained a national reputation for his expertise in holistic pediatric primary care. Today, he's one of only a few pediatricians in Florida qualified to evaluate and certify medical marijuana patients under the age of 18. Welcome, Dr. David Berger. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. Absolutely. I'm thrilled to be here. So Dr. David, right? That's what you go by. I do. (laughs) So tell me a little bit about, about your background, how you got here. Let's, let's hear your story.
1: Absolutely. So I'm a holistic pediatrician going back to um, the mid 90s. When I did my residency at Tampa General, I became more interested in natural medicine. And with the Department um, of Pediatrics approval at Tampa General USF, I was allowed to start using herbs and supplements in the pediatric clinic there at the time, there was very little information about how to actually dose these products. So I had to come up with individualized dosing regimens and things like that. So when it came around to medical cannabis being an option, while I realized most doctors would like totally freak out about that, I'd been putting together individualized treatment herbal protocols for a good two decades by then. And so for me, it was more just another herb and let's figure it out as opposed to what are we supposed to do?
0: So talking about dosing in cannabis, this is something that I really love to talk about. You know, I, I, my background is, uh, I have a PharmD. Um, I, I took a uh, tremendous interest in the pharmacokinetics, uh, pharmacodynamics of cannabis. How does this work with kids? How do you, how do you come up with this? Let's talk about that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, You know, when I talk to families, I'm I'm certainly, first of all, talking about the different cannabinoid options out there. You know, in children, obviously, we're not getting flour, so we're not necessarily getting a full entourage effect because we can't use those types of products. And, of course, um, having an understanding not just about THC and terpenes, but talking to them a lot about the other minor cannabinoids, CBD, CBG, CBGA, CBN, etc. One of the things that I always recommend doing is, although using a full spectrum product as much as possible, but I also don't like to use ratioed products. I don't like to use multi combination products, and because I find that there's such distinct individuality that I at least for starting off like to bring in the different cannabinoids one at a time, and then kind of see where I'm at. So, you know, I I certainly take an approach of a start very low, go very slow type of approach. That's especially true in THC. Although with the non-THC um, cannabinoids, um, I, I certainly go you know a little higher and a, a little faster because I'm not nearly as worried of an intoxicating effect on them. But so I'll tell, so I'll typically, for instance, if I'm dealing with a a, a young child with THC, I mean, I'll be no more than one milligram as a starting point. So mm-hmm. usually we have to do that as a tincture because even with edibles, and you know, even if you find a five milligram edible, how are you going to cut that in a fifth? So, so typically I use tinctures. I can find I can get the most accurate dose from that. And then I tell people within three days, if you haven't seen a difference then increase it, and I again, make a jump of one milligram, you know, older kids, I may start with two when I deal with adults, I'll typically, you know, it depends on whether they have life experience or not. I'll, you know, whether it's two on an inexperienced adult or five on an ex- up to 10 on an experience. So when we're talking about oral, obviously, when we're talking about inhaled, it's different.
0: So, you know, I, I'm in the industry, so I, I, you know, I'm very familiar with all these new cannabinoids that are being released. How do you keep up with all of this?
1: Well... I research, I learn, I like, to, you know, um, I, you know, I'm, I'm always trying to um, be on top of my game and, uh, you know, just, it's an, it's a fascinating area for me. You know, I, I certainly tell people, if you would have told me 10 years ago that I'd be, I'd be allowed to, um, um to give cannabis to my patients, I would have asked you what you're smoking. But, <laughs> it, you know, but at the same time, you know, again, it, it was just like one of those things that really just kind of came up for me. Just, it is very natural. Let's put it that way. You know, I'm a cannabis patient myself, um, you know, so I, I do have life experience of kind of knowing how those things go. But in terms of these individual cannabinoids, you know, we, you learn along the way. So, you know, I've learned along the way that CBN is really helpful for sleep. I've learned along the way that CBGA is especially helpful for anti-inflammatory situations. And so, you know, you learn, you try, you get feedback from patients whenever I, um, especially trying some new products out or new cannabinoids out, I, I elic- I solicit very um, specific feedback from my patients. You know, I, I, I tell them, listen, I've, I've heard about this. I haven't done it before. I'm a very transparent person. And so, you know, give me feedback. Let me know what you think. Let me know what doses work for you. <clears throat> of course, everybody's different. And so just one dose is certainly not a one size fits all, but at least it gives me that, um, way of easing into things where I can start like seeing in my head what what's working as I get that feedback.
0: Which, which cannabinoid would you say is, has been the most useful uh, for your patients?
1: THC. And I still say it would be THC, you know, I, I do, while I do recommend trying those other cannabinoids and I've clearly had patients not need to use THC and mm. get the therapeutic effect, mm. but yeah, you know, in my, ch- in my pediatric population in particular, the highest number of my patients, especially the younger ones are kids with autism mm-hmm. and for what it does for the violent behaviors, for the irritability, the panic, the anxiety, the sleep, um, I've just, I've seen nothing like that in my career and I've had a lot of successful treatments, but if you said to me, what, which treatment is bringing the largest percentage of, of improvements, well, I'd probably say that and treating for anti and treating with antifungals, um, candida yeast in the gut. That's probably number one and number two for me, but you know, clearly, I mean, I've seen kids not have to be institutionalized. I've seen, um, kids stop beating up their parents or stop beating themselves up and You know, hitting their heads against the wall and able to sleep. And of course, when sleep is good, not just the function of the kid for the next day, but the whole household, obviously, everybody's functioning better um, when, when, if there's not, if everybody's sleeping at night. So that's a lot to it. And, you know, the interesting thing that I have found, especially with kids with autism, and some of them are taking some pretty high doses of THC, it's very rare for them to look as if they're stoned. They just you know, and you know i I attributed this back to you know machulin in in Israel had done a study it was before covid so however many eons ago that was, um where you know he they actually did blood levels of the endocannabinoids, you know the um and um and he found that children with autism had lower natural endocannabinoids that they make than kids who don't have autism. So I my hypothesis is that this is kind of like filling a gap in and hitting the endocannabinoid receptors in a way that another person who had enough of their own endocannabinoids might cup run over to where they feel that that's not the experience that I get. I mean, most parents tell me their kids are sharper, that their attention and focus is better, which, again, a lot of people, out making your kid, you know, have, you know, I think the opposite would happen, but it's not so. And of course, you know, I also, that's when I start getting into the terpenes and my experience with using sativas, especially as a stimulant um, and why stimulant medications work for ADD and those types of symptoms. So it's, it's a lot of that.
0: So, so let's, let's talk about uh, sativas and indicas, because this is another topic I love to talk about. You know, I I'm I'm more in on the lab end where you know I produce distillates, right? So um a lot of brands that I work with have sativa and indica when it comes to distillates, which you and I know that that's not possible. Yeah. So so you said you you like, you know, you have experience with sativas. Is this is this coming from a fl- like the flower?
1: Yeah. So well and the flower sense for sure. Okay. Um what I really more focus on is individual terpenes and terpene profiles, you know, mm-hmm. so um, so, you know, um, you know, using whether it's the um, the leafly terpene wheel or some of the other um, good resources that are out there. We sh- so as part of our education. So whenever we I certify a patient in my office, they automatically then get handed over in office to my patient educator who goes over some of these more details besides they're the ones who get them the card literally with their number and everything like that we have a bunch of the dispensaries even have um shelves in our office where we can kind of show display and kind of show the, what the different types of products are you know how to use a meter dose inhaler which is obviously something most people aren't aware of but it exists here and so but also part of this is explaining the terpenes we share with them either terpene information and we say hey look at these things see if you notice that there are certain terpenes and i'm a big believer in parent instincts so So if a parent does their research and like this just sounds like the right thing for me, they're usually right. Mm -hmm. So I want to empower them. I want to enable them. I want to educate them so that they can say, oh, it sounds as if, you know, I think my kid may do really well with limonene and linalool. As an example, okay. Um, so I will then say, well, when you're looking at products at the dispensary, if you're looking for, you know, a a strain specific type of thing, you know, go to Leafly then and see or one of the other sites and see what the main terpenes are for that particular strain. And then at least you'll kind of be in the ballpark more of what you're looking for. You you may notice my kid, my kid does really well with strain X, but they're out of that strain right now. What do I do? Well, I would then kind of reverse engineer that. Go look for that particular strain. What terpenes is it that that were the predominant ones there? Now let's find a, um another strain for you or product for you that has those same terpenes. So even if it's not a flower thing, even if it's you know when we deconstruct everything, we kind of put a tincture all back together, or or those types of things. At least you could be looking for products that that are a little bit more specific because the um the dispensary should be also be giving you that information too. Yeah, yeah. David, uh, Doctor David, talk to me a little about um, holistic relief. Yes. So Holistic Relief is my medical cannabis clinic. Mm-hmm. Um, I was the first pediatrician and really amongst the first handful of, of doctors in the state of Florida to be certified in the first place. So we do see adults as well as children. Um, we, but our focus really is on complicated patients and on education. So I mean, I've had plenty of septuagenarians and onward who have never used cannabis before, and they need a lot of handholding. You know, they if they if by if the time you're that age and you haven't used it before, it's probably because it was drilled into you that it was the devil weed. And so there's there's a little bit of talking through just kind of what that all means and explaining how with this low and slow approach that we and, you know, it's using CBD to counteract the intoxicating effects of THC. Why I say bring in CBD before you introduce the THC. So explain, hey, no, we can do this without if you don't want to be getting high, we can accomplish this. This is how you do it. You know, I'll explain. And if you did. Tomorrow's a new day. Go to sleep. You'll be fine the next day. Um, but, you know, I mean, I even have ha- I actually had a patient once who um, who did a concentrate. It was like a, a syringe. And, you know, they told her to do the old grain of rice, you know, just a drop thing. But as you and I know, you can't get a small number of milligrams out of out of a syringe um, concentrate, no matter, you know, a, a drop. You can't get smaller than a drop you know, and, and, and that's going to be a ton for somebody. And that's what happened. And she, she, um, she took a lot. She my estimate she probably took about a hundred milligrams and her partner at the time called me up and said, um, hey, she's kind of comatose over here. I mean, like, you know, and she happened to be around the corner from me. So I don't often make house calls, but I, I knew the family. So I went over there and I brought my yeah. CBD pen. The only time in my entire career where I shared another product with somebody else since I knew it was a law, but I knew it was just CBD. And she was at least, I mean, but she couldn't answer most basic questions. What's the day of the week? You know, where, um, where is somebody at, you know, who's the president of the United States? I mean, like they were, they were not, able to give me those kind of answers she wasn't able to and so um but i she was breathing i could access she looked comfortable you know i could tell she wasn't in any distress so i didn't think this was emergency room type of thing but she was able to breathe and i was able to to talk to coach her through hey just take a few hits off of this cbd vape pen and sure enough about 10 minutes later she kind of like starts to come to and hey david what are you doing here i'm like actually i've been here for quite a while already Uh, (laughs) um let me ask you some basic questions and you know i'm asking her these questions like why are you asking me this question i'm like you couldn't answer these questions 10 minutes ago. Um, and so after learning about the um, antidote, if you will, using CBD, um, I was able to see it firsthand and working. Wow, did it turn her around? And I left my vape cartridge there with her and, uh, you know, use it a few more times. I get a phone call from um, her partner uh, uh, um, a little while later. And uh, next thing you know, um, yeah, everything's back in business.
0: And you know, I, I actually have a, a, a funny story. I, I go to these trade shows all the time in the industry and, I was at the show and um, somebody gave me a gummy and he's like, it's undosed. I'm like, okay, cool. I'll, you know, I'll try it. I ate the whole thing. And I'm like, dude, this is not undosed. I can taste, I could taste the cannabinoids, the distillate mm. in my mouth. Um, he comes back to me and he's like, oh yeah, that was 250 milligrams. For me, that's a lot. I'm, I'm a big baby, 10 milligrams and I'm sleeping. Um, and most people don't know this, but CBD is like an antidote for this. So I ended up eating like 50 CBD gummies and I felt fine. And typically if I, if I had eaten a dose like that, I probably would have been like seeing dragons and, you know, freaking out with my heart racing. Um, so that's, that's, I'm, I'm glad that, that, you know, you, you, you educate your, your patients with that. Um, I, I want to talk about two other things. So one dosing with CBD, I don't remember where I read this. Um, <clears throat> but you can probably help me with this, that in order to have, efficacy with cbd you need to have at least a thousand milligrams
1: i would significantly question that source <laughs> um, so one of my very first patients in clinic um 75 year old man fell off his bike like when he was a teenager was having seizures daily multiple times a day came to me on three different seizure medications Okay, let's start CBD, go from there. He was really not wanting to be doing um, THC unless it was absolutely necessary. 10 milligrams CBD twice a day within three days completely stopped this man's seizures. Wow. Within, within, by the time I saw him the next time, um, he was off of it, uh, off of two of his three seizure medications and weaning the third and never had to go up past 10 milligrams twice a day. So wow. it's just so not a one size fits all. I've never given anybody that number of milligrams. You know, <laughs> it, it's interesting because if you look at the, um, at the Epidiolex, um medication, that's the um, prescription strength CBD isolate with sucralose sweetener. Mm-hmm. The milligram per kilogram that's listed for that is astronomical that the FDA has approved. They recommend starting off at 2.5 milligrams twice a day. If you're a 110 pound person, you're talking about 100 milligrams twice a day. And I would never start anybody in that. And they say you can go up to four times that amount and that they've proven that it's safe. It's, it's FDA approved for that. So that at least tells me that they know that we're not. And I know I'm not doing harm with anybody with that, but when people come to me with the, Hey, this is the dosing that I've seen it's like, you might be there, but you're probably not getting to be there.
0: Well, I I also think that the route of administration affects this, right? Like if it's a tincture versus the gummy where it needs to Mm -hmm. be metabolized, I think that kind of changes things. Mm -hmm. you know, it's probably also, again, like what we talked about subjective, right? Based on, based on the individual, Uh, and, and it's also based on what you're trying to treat, what you're trying to treat, right? Maybe you need a higher dosage for, um, you know, inflammation in your joints versus, uh, seizures. Right.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's just so, um, variable that way, but, you know, it's a matter of just figuring out what a person needs and, you know, you have to take some time with it, you know, part of what we do at holistic relief. So even though the certification is good for seven months, We are, you know, my patient educator and I, we are available at no cost during that entire seven months for questions that come up. And I'll tell them, hey, if we need to, you know, I've gotten really good at med management, if you will. Um, If somebody can tell me what they're taking, how much the good and the bad and the ugly of what's working, what's not for them. And they tell me what to do. I can make adjustments. I can tell them, well, let's try this particular product. Let's try this way instead. Let's try dosing it that way. And I can kind of I told you I can do med management with cannabis the way that like psychiatrists and pain meds do with their pharmaceuticals. Yeah. So, you know, it's a matter of being available for the patient. Also, they, you can't, you know, thankfully, this doesn't isn't as much of a pill mill situation as we saw for pill mills. Um, but we let's face it, there are definitely some um, some um, centers who do certifications that, that but they're not really offering any support. And if you hey, listen, if you're a person who had been using cannabis successfully self-medicating for years, you know what you need to do you want to make sure you're getting a pure product that's not laced and you want to make sure you have a card so that you don't get in trouble although we get those patients as well obviously that's a person who doesn't need us an experienced doctor who can spend the time with you and and have the support staff available to help you during all of those times but to me that's something that's super important
0: so You've heard of uh, the different THC derivatives that have been out on the market, right? Delta A, Delta yeah. 6A, 10A, Delta 10, Delta 3, all these things. So I know that um, like from a psychoactivity level that these are are not as psychoactive as Delta 9. Would you ever consider
1: incorporating these into your treatment? That's a really good question. So as a physician who is certifying... Who knows that his medical license is on the line if I accidentally put my toe into the water the wrong way. I am certainly much more um, really trying to focus on just um, for for any of those tea products on um, focusing on um, products from the dispensaries. You know, mm-hmm. so one of the dispensaries um, has had some T- uh, Delta 8 available, um, but I'm certainly not comfortable sending somebody off to a smoke shop and God only knows what um, what's in it. You know, the the law requires with the, um, the, the QR code that it lists how much THC is in it, but there's nothing that says that you have to show the impurities, you know, that you have to show what else is in there. Um, and so it's something that I'm familiar with. I've studied for, um, I've, I've studied about it, but it's not something that I've taken the direction of my career big people oh you can just carry it in your office because it's not, i'm like you know i'm comfortable carrying cbd in my office in the cbg and the cbn <laughs> and the cbga but i am absolutely not comfortable carrying any of those derivatives of thc in my office
0: you know i i think being in this industry and having a lab in this industry i i agree that there's there's a lot of bad players um I've noticed that as the industry has progressed and the prices drop down, and it's become more commoditized, the the people that were doing it in Home Depot buckets are no longer doing it because it's not profitable, right? You know, um, one of the things that I've seen at least when when analyzing these these different cannabinoids is when you say like impurities, what I see on my HPLCs are just other cannabinoids that we don't have standards for. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, if it's done in a safe environment and, you know, it's done the right way, you use, you know, real chemistry to do it. You know, I I think that there's some tremendous therapeutic, um, properties and applications for all these different kinds of derivatives. Um, there is one that we've, uh, that we've been working on for a while. It's called, uh, M E O T H C and. Uh, it has a tremendous binding affinity to the CB two. supposedly the papers that are out right now say that it's, it's, it's an awesome analgesic, uh, and it's great for anti-inflammatory, but it's difficult because, you know, obviously doing studies costs a lot of money. Um, you know, and, and the it's, it's legally federally compliant. So it's like, what would you recommend the company like mine do to test products like this, that, that we use sound chemistry uh, and, and you know, we obviously do full panels and, and do all that.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, the main thing that I'm also interested in is just making sure, obviously, you know what, you know, you would know what you're growing and how you're growing it. But I, I do like to make sure that, that somebody is independently testing for pesticides, for heavy metals, for um, mold, mycotoxins, et cetera. I, I, you know, that's that's you know what I just want to make sure that I'm not giving you something that's actually harmful. You know, we know, um, although I haven't heard it done here, we know one of the issues with Chinese herbs is like, I mean, in order to speed up the drying process, that they'll like use car exhaust in order to dry them oh faster. God. And like over there, they still have leaded gasoline, you know? So, um, so- so, you know, so like, you know, just like things like that, that you'd be like, come on, really? But <laughs> they do happen, you know, um, you know, there w- um one of the supplement companies that I've worked with. Um, it turned out that when they were making their herbal um, and supplements in a liquid form and I found several of my patients when I was doing heavy metal detoxing on, I started seeing high antimony levels in them. Turns out it was in the stevia that they were using for the sweetener. So when they, the raw materials all tested negative, this was like the quote-unquote additive, the natural healthy alternative. And it was in the Stevia, heavy metal with Stevia. And they actually then got um, checked 11 different national brands. Seven of the 11 brands had had uh, this antimony metal in there. So just things like that can just happen. So I just like to, you and know, as they say, cross my T's and dot my I's.
0: You know, th- this is one of those things that People people give a, a bad rap to the hemp side of the industry. I got to tell you, you know, I've had to send full panels, all the COAs, and everything into uh, all the individual states that we want to sell to, and we spend a lot of money on testing. And there's a lot of companies that don't have the same, you know, stringent regulations or rules, and you know, we are the ones that get the bad rap
1: yeah it's true and i mean obviously it's something new and so um and let's face it you know thankfully what we've seen over the last 10 15 years just in terms of um the acceptance of all of these types of products in our country you know i mean again can look at where, look at where things were 20 years ago right compared to now i mean it's been a mountain of change that's happened in between now and then because we we know that the good actors and i can direct people to the good actors you know so know. that's what i tell a patient i mean like if there's a company see if they're on their website are they openly displaying their certificate of analysis there for you see how old that certificate analysis is you know how often are they checking the batches if there's one from this year and then one from three years ago they right. either know something or they're not checking very often but if you have a company where it seems like several times a year Every single batch is being shown up there. You know they're doing their homework and they're and they're doing the right thing. So, yeah, you that's know, it's part of the education process. It is. It is. You know,
0: one thing that that we've really been trying to do as a company is educate patients how to read a, a certificate of analysis. I remember when I first got into this, I had just finished school and I didn't know what the heck I was reading. You know, and 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 coming from you know a graduate program and all that, it's. It, it was difficult for me at the time. So, you know, we really got to break this down for the patients and, and, you know, help them understand how to read things. Um, you know, I saw a post on Reddit the other day talking about, um, the, the uncertainty levels and standard deviations of the labs. And they're like, well, what is this? How, how can a lab be uncertain about this? What am I really doing? It's like, Hey, look, this is just, this is just standard, you know, um, there's, there's going to be variances and, and, um, you know it's 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 cool to be part of a of a new industry that that is changing at such a rapid pace.
1: Yeah, I mean realistically, I mean if you look what's showing up in pharmaceuticals, I mean generics only have to have eighty percent of what uh, of what the label says compared to the brand name. I mean, yeah, you know, I mean, like the reality is is that mo- the good players in our in our field are doing a better job than <laughs> than big pharma.
0: Yeah, yeah, and then I, I I use that uh as an argument all the time. That's one of the things that I use generics and you know, one thing too is, is, you know, people, um, you know, talk about synthetics and semi synthetics and what's safe and what's not safe. And, you know, this is my personal opinion, but if something is made the right way and it's nature identical and it's high purity and you run all the, all the lab analysis, I mean, I would say that that's just as safe, if not safer than something that was grown with pesticides, heavy metals, and they didn't treat that right. You know, I, I like to compare also like vitamin C, you know, there's, there's, Synthetic vitamin C and there's natural vitamin C and they're in products at CVS, Walgreens, and you know, are you ever going to question that? I mean, I feel like they don't get the same scrutiny that that no. our industry gets, but mm-hmm. you know, it comes with the territory, right?
1: Right. So you know, when we talk, you know, like bioidentical, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, it's a thing in the um hormone industry. You know, when we in in wellness and, and hormones, and of course. Big farmers trying to stop that because, God forbid, we get something that's more identical to it. But, you know, like, you know, so, you know, it, it's tough. But again, the, 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 you know, thankfully good actors are, are, are um, rising to the top, if you will. Agreed.
0: So, uh, Dr. David, can you, can you tell me a little bit about uh, uh, during the COVID 19 pandemic? Uh, you were invited to share your expertise with FDA. Tell me about that.
1: Yeah. So, you think about regarding the, the vaccines you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I have oh, my, 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 I've always been of the philosophy informed consent. You you know, what's the potential benefit versus what's the potential risk or pro versus con versus the alternatives that are out there? Okay, And so, you know, and I've also always taken a very significant approach that people should have a a choice and a right to do with their bodies what they think is right. And so, you know, when I talked to them the first time, so this was when they were doing the first approval for the fight for Pfizer my main push for them was like: you need to be transparent. You need to be open. It's okay to say we don't know the answer to that. This is something stinking brand new. But mm-hmm. don't try to sell, oversell something because people see through that. And what you're going to see is there's going to be more pushback. The more that you make statements that are being being displayed as facts when they're actually opinions. People appreciate you to say I don't know for sure about that. How would how would we have possibly known that? So that was really what one what where I where what my first presentation was, Um, you know, as I made further presentations, so I think I did it three or four times total. You know, when I was talking about kids, you know, I was trying, you know, very much explaining they're not just little adults, you know, there's other things with their immune systems that react differently. Um, Of course, we knew by the time that they were approved by kids Four kids. And, you know, I'm fully supportive of people who choose to take to do it. You know, I've done it for myself or my family's been vaccinated, you know, for it. Um, so but again, recognizing that some people are going to say, hey, I need more data. Hey, I'm not going to be the first guinea pig here. Um, respect those people. D- that was the other thing. Don't disparage people. W- don't point thing. you know, you know, point at them and 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 call them idiots because they're not aligned with what you're saying. That's going to just drive people away. And if your goal yeah. is to try to bring them on board, you know, if you're being more neutral with them and say, "Hey, we think that this is great," maybe you will too, as opposed to "You're an idiot." You know, kind of like how it was with with ivermectin. I mean, I don't, I haven't seen any evidence that it really works. I think it's safe, but that's to be you need more than that to treat somebody. But I mean, they were making this people out. Oh, you're taking a horse dewormer. Well, yeah, <laughs> it's used for that, but it's also been FDA approved for human human use, you know, uh-huh. and again, not to get too far in that direction, but that was just an example about, you know, how people were just completely disparaged if it was something that they were contemplating, you know, granted, if they were taking horse pace out of a feed store, that's different than going to, you know, your local pharmacy and getting the milligram exact dose that's been FDA approved. So, you know, just things like that for me, it's all, it's all about educating people, giving them the information so that they can make the best choices for themselves.
0: Correct. Uh, Dr. David, it's been an absolute pleasure having you today on the podcast. Um, if any of you listeners want to find out some more information about Dr. David and what he does, you can visit him at drdavidmd.com. If you're interested in looking up uh, the clinic, it's a uh, holisticrelief.com. That's spelled with the W. Uh, and there's also holisticfamilycare.com. If you have any closing uh, statements or anything you want to say, Dr. David, now would be the time. <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, it, thanks. You know, I do have a YouTube channel also. So a lot of these types of topics, I do three of uh, three shows a week. So, you know, they're, they're usually typically short five to 10 minute episodes. But, you know, I'm going through all, you know, medical cannabis, well, COVID's kind of taken over a lot of that over the past couple of years. But yeah, so I really try to, um, you know, I have a Patreon page as well. Um, you know, I've, we've converted some of them into podcasts for people who want things in an audio format. But really, my focus is on health, education and choice. And so I think that that's what people want, you know, and I and I, you know, to tell people you know how you, you may not agree with me in fact there's nobody should 100 percent agree with me all the time that's that's just uh, too robotic but i want to give people something to think about i want them to ask me questions ask follow that helps me think better that helps me become a better doctor too
0: absolutely all right well dr david thank you so much for taking the time to join us today i want to thank the listeners here on potline bling you can find all of our episodes on cannabisradio.com. please rate the show subscribe like You can find us at iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Google, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts, and we'll talk to you on the next one.